We're going to go right into the message right now. Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read just a few verses to you. Of course, um, it, this is Palm Sunday. This is the Sunday where uh, they celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus. And I want to just point out a small thing. We're not going to really preach about the triumphal entry today. But I do want to point out something in this passage that I think is interesting. Um, in verse 37, look what it says. It says, "...when He was come..." Nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Okay, now I think that's an interesting verse right there. Jesus is saying if these, if they weren't praising right now, the stones would cry out. All right. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, I personally think, and this is kind of my opinion how I think this would work. I think, I think what was happening at this moment was so great, it was so significant. This was a major fulfillment of prophecy right here. That if somebody hadn't been praising God at that time, the stones would have had to do it. And how is, how do the stones cry out? I don't know, earthquake, avalanche, I don't know, something like that. That's what I personally think would have happened because it was like the world couldn't contain what was going on. Somebody needed to praise the Lord. I think it's kind of similar to what we see at the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay, I mean, think about this. When God came into this earth, when He physically is born on this earth, that's a big deal right there. God has come to earth. But yet we see that when Jesus came, there was no room for Him in the end. Nobody was paying attention. Nobody cared. Nobody was there praising Him. Nobody was there, you know, nobody was there waiting for Jesus when He was born. But yet, this was a major thing going on. And it was like somebody had to praise God, but nobody was there doing it. So guess what happened? A multitude of angels showed up. Remember that the shepherds saw in the sky praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Somebody needed to be praising God. And so you know what? Since there were no people doing it, it was like God sent the angels to do it. And right here in this story, there was such it was such a great thing that was going on. Somebody needed to be praising God. Thankfully, the people were doing it in this story, and the stones didn't have to take their place. And Basically, you know, probably avoided an earthquake, avalanche, something like that. That's just kind of what I think uh, that was talking about right there. And so something we need to understand as Christians is there are some things that if we don't do them, somebody else will. Right? And just like it's also important, there are some things that if we don't do them, nobody will. Alright? But there are other things, and what I want to talk about today is the danger of being replaced. Okay, there are some things that no matter what are going to get done. The Bible said these things are going to get done. It's prophesied in the Bible. If God's Word says it's going to happen, you can mark it down. It's going to happen. Nothing can change that. But one thing that can change is whether or not we're the ones that God uses to get those things done. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be replaced. I don't want somebody else, I don't want something else to take my place and to do something that you know, God wants me to do. I want to be the one to do that. If there's something major that needs to be done, 
I want to be the one to do it. I say it all the time. I, was, I tell my family this. My goal in the tribulation is to either be the first guy that you know, the first martyr that dies to kick off the tribulation, or the very last one. All right, that's that's my goal, and my I fully intend when they go to cut my head off to say, "You can kill me, but you can't keep me dead." And I'm really hoping I'll be like the last one right before the rapture, so they can cut my head off, and as it rolls away, all of a sudden Jesus Christ comes back. And you know, and I resurrect right then. My body gets put right back in the head, and then I just look right at those guys. And you're like, I told you so. I shine like the brightness of the firmament. I get caught up into the sky. I don't know if it's going to get to happen that way, but I'm shooting for that. All right, I'm holding out just just so you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to endure the end just so that can happen. All right, I'm praying the Lord gives me that. You say you're crazy. Uh, no, I just I believe that they can kill me, that they, but they can't keep me dead. And I just think that would be really cool. It would be worth it to get my head chopped off to get to see the look in the guy's face right after I resurrect. After that, I just I think that would be a great a great moment. I I believe the Bible that much, but you know what? You know it's possible that uh, while there are some things that I believe God wants me to do in my life, the things that you know that are going to get done, I might not be the one that gets used. I could get replaced. We as a church, I believe God wants to use this church to get some things done. In this area, in this state, but you know what? If we don't get it done, you know what? I think there's some things that somebody else will. And so, um, you know, there's some things. Like I said, you know, when it comes to your family members, if you don't witness to them, it's very possible nobody will. When it comes to your neighbor, when it comes to your coworkers, there is a very good possibility that if you don't witness to them, nobody will. That is that is very possible. That is very likely. But there are there are some things though that the Bible specifically tells us are going to happen, and God's going to use people in these situations. And so, if God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. But there is one thing that is not settled: is who is God going to use? And I believe He wants to use us, and I want to make sure I, I want to make sure that that happens. And so there there have there have been others in the Bible that God wanted to use, but they failed. To do their job. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 21. Now it's interesting. Uh, this uh, this account right here. This is at the same time as the passage that we just read at Jesus's triumphal entry, where he's saying, "Hey, if these would hold their peace, these rocks would begin to cry out." This is in the same story. This is at the same time. And in Matthew 21 verse 33, it says, "Here another parable." There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants, and beat one, and killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. We see in the Bible that God promised some things to the Jews, didn't He? Or God promised some things to Abraham's seed. Okay, the Jews thought that it was them, just because of their lineage. They ended up finding out that no, actually, Abraham's seed was Jesus Christ. And they see when they saw that the heir came, what did they do? They tried to. They tried to kill him so they could seize his inheritance. Okay, and that's what's going on today. All right, Jesus Christ is the one that's going to inherit all things. 
He is the seed of Abraham, but they're over there still trying to keep that land for themselves today, knowing that it belongs to Abraham's seed, Jesus Christ, not themselves. Now, they could have had it though, because we see that God's sending all these prophets to them. He's telling them all these things, you know, hoping that they will receive Jesus Christ, hoping they'll receive the Son. Then, if they would receive Christ, then they could be joint heirs with Christ. But we see that they didn't do it. They killed him. And it says, And they caught him, cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Alright? What is God going to do to those who killed Jesus? Alright? Now, the dispensationalists will tell you he's going to save all of them. Alright? That's what, that's what the dispensationalists teach. But let's see what Jesus taught. It says, Then they said unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render under him the fruits in their season. Jesus saith unto them, Did ye ever read, never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same as because the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. So we see here that God ended up replacing them. God said, you know what? The kingdom is being taken from you. Why? Because they didn't receive Jesus Christ and it's going to be given to another nation. All right? And we're going to say a little more about this nation later. But we believe that we are a part of that nation. We are the spiritual nation of Israel that's here today. And God is using us. God is using us to get the Gospel out. To spread His message. The kingdom, it belongs to us. We have Jesus Christ where they don't have Jesus Christ. They ended up getting replaced because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. God had a promise to Abraham's seed. God had a promise. God even made some promises to certain things to the people of Israel. But when they didn't do what they were supposed to do, we see that God ended up fulfilling those promises in those who are of faith. They got replaced. God's promises were fulfilled, but it didn't get to be with them like they had hoped. It ended up going to somebody else. Look what it says in Romans chapter 11 and verse 17. Romans 11 and verse 17. It's very important that you pay attention to all this because there's a, there's a very important lesson here that I think that we need to get as a, as a church, that we need to get as Americans. We need to understand this thing. But look what it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 17. It says that if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. All right? The branches here he's talking about are the physical uh, people of Israel. They were broken off, the Bible says, off the olive tree because of unbelief. They did not believe on Christ. We as Gentiles, the Bible teaches that we were grafted in though among them. We, be, we are now a part of that olive tree that they were broken off of. That's why we say we are a continuation of that church in the wilderness. That's, that's, that's what we believe. But here's the thing that, here's the thing that happens, alright? And this is what the dispensationalists always want to accuse us of. They'll say, you know, you think that, you know, Jesus, you know, God replaced Israel, you know, with the Gentile people. Um, no, I actually believe that God replaced them with people of faith. I believe that we were grafted in among those who are of faith in the Old Testament. Those ones weren't broken off. It was those who were in unbelief that were broken off. You know, they'll say, you know, you say that the Jews weren't able to keep their covenant, but you are able to keep 
the covenant. Um, no, I will say the Jews weren't able to keep that old covenant. And you know what? I'm just the difference between me and them. I never tried to keep the old covenant. You know what I did? I got in on the new covenant that Jesus promised them, His blood. And you know what? Jesus Christ can. He did fulfill that covenant. Jesus Christ did live a perfect life. And so you know what? I mean, there is no way we can brag about our salvation. Okay. And now, but I want you to notice though in this verse here, people who teach you can lose your salvation often use this verse. But let's look and see what it's teaching right here. It says, boast not against the branches. We shouldn't brag as a people, alright? Okay, I don't think any of us in here are of Jewish descent, alright? I think most of us in here, we're all Gentiles, alright? We've got different ethnicities and things, but you know what? We're all basically, you know, we, we all fit in that Gentile, Japheth line, you know, whatever you want to call it. But here's the thing. Should we, especially as Americans, should we brag against the Jews? Well, you know what? Us Americans, God's been using us to get the gospel into the world. He's not been using Israel. Should, should we boast against that? No, we should not. And, you know, God has been using America and God's been using churches in America for in a great way now for a very long time. What country is sending out most of the missionaries today? It's the United States. Okay. Now, here's the thing. It used to be England. England used to be sending out the great preachers and the missionaries changing the world. You know, it's because of people in other countries that the gospel came to America and we had the revival that we did. But you know what? Is what? How is England today? Is England being used of God today? No, England is a spiritually dead. I mean, dead is a doornail nation. And you know what? That could be us. That could be us as the United States. And folks, we're heading that way on a fast track. I mean, it's scary how fast we're heading that way. So you know, it would be foolish for us as Americans to say, you know what, we're better than the Jews. Don't, don't boast against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Okay? Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed, lest He also spare not thee. Now, people will use this to say that you can lose your salvation. You better make sure you remain in belief, otherwise He's going to break you off as an individual. This is not talking about individuals and salvation here. This is talking about nations. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. He's talking to the Romans right here. God was using them, obviously, in a great way at one time. Is Rome being used of God today for when it comes to Christianity? Absolutely not. You can say that they've been broken off. I mean, I don't I'm, I think it's safe to say Rome won't be making any comeback before Jesus Christ returns. I think it's probably safe to say that places like England will not be making any comeback before Jesus Christ returns. And you know what? If the United States of America does not get their act together, if we do not see a major revival real soon, you know what? God will be done with us as a people. Now, does that mean any of us in here will lose our salvation? No. No, we will all keep our individual salvation, but we are not guaranteed to for God to continue to use us as a nation. We are not guaranteed that at all, we see just like God quit using the physical nation of Israel, God could quit using us today. Just like God quit using places like England. 
God could quit using us today, we there is a great danger of us as a nation, physically speak, being replaced by another nation. Did you know there's other nations right now that are very open to the gospel, that are receiving it, that are seeing many people saved? And you know, the Bible teaches that this nation that God is going to replace Israel with is going to be a foolish nation. And I believe... And you know, people, a lot of times too, people look at some of these poor countries and they'll think God could never use them. Well, you know what? The United States was a poor country at one time. You know, look at look at what our country came out of and how God still used it in a great way. I mean, folks, it's very possible that the next. I mean, you know, I think God's doing a lot right now to get the Spanish Bible preserved and get it right, just like the King James. Who knows? God might start using Spanish-speaking people to get the gospel in the world and not us. That's very possible that it could happen. It could be going that way. People in places like Mexico are very open to the gospel, seeing many people saved. I think we're in danger of being replaced by them. Oh, maybe, maybe in the Philippines, someplace like that, another place. It's a poor country, but the people are very open to the gospel there. Churches are growing greatly there. I mean, God's doing things. It's very possible God might use those people and not us. I, I don't I don't know for sure. I do know that we as the United States, we are not guaranteed anything. But here's one thing that's guaranteed. God's going to use somebody. There are some things that God has prophesied that are going to get done. There are some things that are going to happen. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be the one that God uses. And so, you know, God, he's, he's using Christians in America right now. You know, and every one of us said, we're saved as individuals, we are secure in our salvation, but we are not secure in our position of how God's using us. God could quit using our church tomorrow if we're not careful. If we get out of line, if we get caught up in false doctrine. You, you know, you think about in the old eye of B how God used them back in the day. I mean, God used them to start a soul-winning movement, but now they're backing off. They're getting weak. The IFB today, I mean, they're getting weak on the the you know inspiration of the Bible. They're getting off on soul-winning. They're not preaching separation hardly anymore. They're going liberal. I mean, it's very possible God's going to quit using the IFB. It's if it's we could be replaced. That's something that we need to understand if we're not careful. I think it's pretty sad that you know, our crowd is often the ones that get credited for being the ones who, you know, we're the ones that teach on the Trinity, apparently. I, I thought all the IFB always preached on the Trinity, but everybody's acting like, no, it's just the new IFB that preaches on the Trinity. You know, it's the new IFB, they're the King James guys. You know, they're the hard preaching, the separation. Now, why are we getting credited for this? I just, I only read a little bit, it was an article against our crowd. And they're like crediting us for all kinds of stuff, like soul winning and everything. Like, we're not the ones, we're not the only ones doing this stuff. At least I thought we weren't the only ones doing it, but you know, maybe we are. You know, that's, the way it, that's the way it feels sometimes. Because the truth is, fundamental Baptists are losing it. They're not doing the things that God wanted them to do. And you know what? I believe they are in danger, great danger, of being replaced. So let's just look at a few things real quick. Because. There are some things we know they're going to get done. But folks, it is not guaranteed that we will be the ones that God uses. Look what it says in Psalms chapter 12. Psalms chapter 12. 
And that's the thing. People have this attitude, well, what's going to happen is going to happen. Therefore, I don't need to worry about anything. No, actually, you do need to worry because there are, yes, there are some things that are going to happen for the good, but there's also some things that are going to be happening for the bad. The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Okay? That means some nations are going to get thrown into hell. I don't want it to be our nation. Okay? And, but if we're just going to have this attitude, what happens is going to happen, you know, well, then we might be the one that goes to hell. Alright, as a nation, once again, our individual salvation is secure. But I don't, I don't want our country as a whole just going down the tubes, being destroyed, being forgotten. I don't want that to happen. But look what it says in Psalm 12, verse 6. It says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Now, folks, it, there is no doubt God is going to preserve His Word. Okay? There will always be a perfect Word of God. It, he, it's promised. That can't change. But you know what could change? I believe it could change that it's, not, it's no longer the independent fundamental Baptists that are fighting for that. You know, another group could rise up that figures it out and gets their doctrine straight. And God uses them instead. It could be another language. For years, you know, it was the Greek that people used, that God used. But then later, you know, it ended up being, you know, uh, you know, King James got the Bible translated into English, and God started using the English speaking people. Once again, that could change. It could get to where the you know the preserved word of God that's being used to evangelize the world is the Spanish Bible. With if, I mean, if if the English speaking people keep questioning the Word of God, keep twisting the Word of God, keep coming up with new versions of the Word of God, if supposed King James Baptist preachers continue letting footnotes in their Schofield Bibles trump what the King James Bible actually says, if they keep just pretending they're King James, but just going back to these dictionaries and other, you know, other things to prove their points and just rejecting what the King James Bible plainly teaches... Who knows? God might just say, you know what? I'm done with you as English-speaking people. And you know what? I'm going to use the Spanish people. That is very possible that that can happen. Either way you look at it, though, God's going to preserve His Word. But here's the question. Are we going to continue to be the ones that God uses for that? I want God to keep using the English-speaking people. That is, that's my desire. That's my goal. So you know what? I say we keep being the ones to fight for the King James Bible. We keep standing on the authority of the King James Bible. People are going to continue to attack the authority of the King James. But it will survive the attacks. And God has always used men to keep it preserved. But God did not prom- God never promised to preserve the IFB. God never promised to preserve that. He did promise to preserve His Word and you know what? I believe if we don't do it, another group will rise up. And God will use them. So we better stay strong on this thing. We better stay committed to it. We better stay faithful. And we better keep fighting. Alright? And people are like, oh, we shouldn't be fighting. No, there's some things we need to fight for. There's some things we need to defend. Because I can promise you right now, the anti-King James people, they're fighting against us. And if we just let them keep on fighting and we don't ever hit back, they're going to eventually win. Like my dad always says, he always says, I could beat up the toughest guy in the world if he'd promise not to fight back. And you know what? If we don't fight back, they're going to eventually win. They're going to eventually beat us. And God might just say, alright, you know what? You gave up. You dropped the ball. I'm using another group. I'm using another language. I want it to be us. 
Another thing God promised to do, look, uh, turn over to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. This is something that's prophesied. Nothing can change the fact that this is going to happen. It's going to happen. But God, someone is going to do great exploits in the end times. Somebody's going to do that. Somebody is going to see many people saved, preach the gospel through the whole earth. It says in Daniel 11.32, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame and by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries, and some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Somebody's going to be doing great exploits during that time. But you know what it doesn't mention in there? It doesn't mention them being Baptists. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't call them that in there. But somebody's going to do it. I sure hope it's us. I hope it's our crowd. I hope it's fundamental Baptists. I can promise you it won't be the old IFB because they're not preparing for this. They don't believe they're going to be here for this. I can guarantee you God's not going to use them during this time. But you know what? It's not guaranteed God will use our crowd during that time. If we don't stay faithful, if we don't keep doing the right thing, if we start backing off on Solony, if we start you know, lightening up, if we start compromising, God's not going to use us either. But I can promise you this, He's going to use somebody. The question is, who's that going to be? Well, I believe if we continue to know the Lord, if we continue to stay close to Him, keep on preaching the truth, keep on fighting for right, then it will be us. But it's not a guarantee. That's why we need to make sure we stay faithful. It says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. I don't. That's going to happen. That cannot be changed. That is the Word of God. Jesus said this is going to happen. He didn't say this is what needs to happen, and this is what should happen, or this is just what I want to happen. He said this is going to happen. So who's, who is that going to be? We know it's once again. We know it's not the old IFB unless they just get unless there's a major revival there. But you know what? I'm not going to stand up here and say I can promise you it'll be the new IFB because we could be replaced too. Another group could rise up if we don't stay faithful. Once again, you know, England used to be the place. England used to be the group, the the nation that was sending people out that had the great preachers that were shaking things up in the world and that were changing the world. But now they are dead as a doornail. They are banning good men of God from coming to there and just preaching the Word and just going soul winning. They hate it over there. They hate the Word of God over there. I mean, the percentage of people that even go to church of any kind is just minuscule in places like England. And folks, we're following after them. We're just We're right behind them. We're always just maybe a few decades behind them. That is our nation. If we're if we don't watch it, I had a uh, not a pastor, but I had a member of another Baptist church, not far from here, called me a while back. He was doing surveys, just asking about you know the demographics of our church and the ages and everything. And he was shocked when he found out we had all ages in this church, because most of the Baptist churches that he's been talking to, it's all old people. And God bless old people. Thank God for old people. But he said, you know, he said, according to these demographics, within 10 or 20 years, these churches are going to be gone. Because they're just, the people are dying out. 
they're dying out. They're not being reproduced. And so, you know, he was he was excited to hear that, you know, we had all ages here. But folks, that's that's happening right now as a whole in our country where I mean more and more young people are rejecting church. Churches today, you go to the average church here in town, it's gonna to be all older people in the church. What does that mean? Well that means, you know, fifteen, twenty years, those churches are done for. Another church not far from here. Talk to a lady from there. Their church literally had a split in one year. Nobody left the church. They all died. Half the church died. And it wasn't very big to begin with. Because it was, and it was all older people. They had no younger people in the church. That is where we're heading in this country. And so when you see that, you think, well then who's God going to use to evangelize the world, I don't know who it's going to be. I can I can't guarantee it's going to be us, but I sure want it to be us, and it will be us if we stay faithful, if we keep on doing the right thing, if we don't give up. But if we don't, if, if we if we don't get things right, we might be the next England. You know, we might be the next, We might be like Europe, Europe before too long. Look what it says in Romans chapter ten and verse seventeen. Because God used God used foolish nations in the past. He exalted them, but you know what? When they got high minded, God brought them down and He replaced them with another foolish nation. Because that's who God uses. You know, a lot of times we're to think, well, what would be the next nation that God uses? Often people think, you know, of the rich. They think of the prosperous. They think of these places that have the technology. All those things. That's not who God uses. It says in Romans ten seventeen, it says, "So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Once again, God wanted to use Israel, but they would not listen to Him. So God said, alright, I'm done using you. I'm going to another nation. I'm going to use someone else. And He used a foolish nation. It was prophesied back in Deuteronomy. He's like, I'm going to provoke you to jealousy with a foolish nation. And let me tell you something about the IFB. Alright? Let me just reveal something to you that a lot of people don't like to hear, but this is, just, this is just a fact. A lot of IFB people, leaders in the IFB, are racist. Alright? A well-respected, high-ranking IFB pastor that I know, Pastor Don Green, has never baptized a black man. He will not baptize a black man. They're not allowed to join his church. This is in Michigan. This is in the north. Right? This isn't even down south. Okay? And folks, I mean, I grew up hearing stuff. I grew up hearing that black people came from Ham and God, the curse was the dark skin and in heaven every curse will be lifted. Therefore, black people can get saved and go to heaven. They won't be black in heaven. You know, just stupid stuff like that. I, I, IFB has had a history of preaching a lot of that kind of junk that's just wrong. That's not biblical at all. And you know what? They're also very high-minded, stuck in themselves. I mean, they think they're, 
God's greatest gift to everything. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if God does. If God says, you know what? I'm done with the United States. You know what? He's probably going to use a nation that speaks another language and probably has darker skin than we do. And you know what? Hopefully it will provoke some of these people to jealousy. You know, I get provoked to jealousy a little bit when I see, when I hear about some of the what's going on in places like the Philippines and Mexico. It's like, man, why aren't we doing that? You know, why isn't that happening here? I'll tell you why. Because we've gotten high-minded. We think in our country because we have the riches that we do, because we drive nice cars, because we have plenty to eat, because we've got all these you know great luxuries, we think that you know we just have this blessing of God because He's just seen fit to bless us because we just deserve it. And instead of just taking advantage of these blessings and using them as a way to just get the gospel to more people, we get lifted up with pride. And I think it's only a matter of time and God's just going to say, you know what, I'm done with you people. I'm using somebody else. And folks, I want it to be us. I, I'm not good at learning new languages. I don't want to have to learn Spanish. All right? I don't want to have to learn, but I want to be a part of the group that God's using. I want to be a part of that group that's doing great things and doing great exploits for God. I want it to be the English-speaking people. I want it to be Americans. I want it to be the independent fundamental Baptists. I want that, but God has replaced people in the past and He will replace us too. He's not going to replace His Word. He's not going to replace the doctrines that are there, but He very well may replace the people that are being used. God never promised to preserve Baptists. But He did promise to preserve His Word. He did promise to preserve His church. It doesn't matter. You can have the name Baptist on a church. It doesn't make you a legitimate church. If you're not doing the things that God said to do, you're illegitimate. You're, you're, you're wrong. And you're not a church. But I do. I want God to use the Baptist. The Antichrist. He's going to make war with someone, the Bible says. The Bible says He's going to make war with the saints. Here's my question. What are they going to look like? What, what, what are those saints going to be calling themselves? What religion will they be identifying with? I sure hope it's Baptist. That's what I'm hoping. But we're not guaranteed. And so we need, we need to make sure that we stay, faith, you know, that we stay faithful. And there's many other things, but just, just real briefly, let me share one more with you. Turn over to Matthew chapter 25. Just, no, I'm not even going to really get into specifics on this one. But like I said, there are some things if we don't do it, nobody else is. But there are some things that are going to get done no matter what. Did you know? You know, those who are in God's will, those who are serving the Lord, doing right. Do you know, God's going to provide for their needs. God's going to take care of them. David said, "I've been young and I'm now old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread." God's going to take care of His people. God, God's going to bless His people. And you know what? God uses people to do that. Question is, is God going to use you? Or is He going to use somebody else? I've said it before here. I'm pastoring this church whether I get a paycheck or not. I have pastored this church without getting a paycheck. God's going to take care of my needs one way or the other. He's going to either do it through this church or He's going to do it through the distribution center. Alright? I personally would like Him to use this church because I would like for you to get the blessing because Walmart's doing just fine. Alright? That, that's what I would personally like. But either way, God's going to get it done, but it's not guaranteed that it's going to be you. And we've got to make sure that we're being faithful in the little things so in the little things, God's using us on a regular basis and not somebody else. If God's going to perform a miracle in somebody's life, if God's going to provide for some great need and just do something amazing in the life of one of you, you know what? I would prefer that God use me rather than Josh. You know, that's just, that would be my choice. 
But you know what? If I'm not walking in the Spirit, if I'm not paying attention, if I'm not doing God's will, God may be like, well, I wanted to use you. But you know what? You weren't paying attention. You weren't doing what you were supposed to. You weren't where you needed to be. So you know what? I'm going to use Him instead. I'm going to lay it on His heart. And then I'm going to give Him the blessing that you were going to get. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 25, and verse 31, says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided the sheep from His goats. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them in His right hand, Come ye blessed of My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and ye took me in. Naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. And then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee, thirsty, gave thee drink? Like, what, Lord, when did we do all these things? That's what the righteous are saying. And he's going to say, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. You're going to have the wicked on that day. He's going to say, you didn't do those things for me. Like, you know, when did we ignore you in these things? When you didn't do it for others. That's what he's going to say on that day. And you know what? We, you know, I want to be the one that feeds Jesus. I want to be the one that clothes Jesus and that blesses Jesus. The Bible says that we do that by doing it for the least of those, his brethren. And I'm afraid today, Many people are missing opportunities. And you know what? God's taking care of His people. God's people are being blessed every day. The question is, are you the one that He's using or is He using somebody else? When was the last time God used you to be a blessing to someone else? When was the last time you actually made a difference in somebody's life? And you did something like we see mentioned here in Matthew chapter 25. When was the last time? If it hasn't been in a long time, it's not because God didn't want to use you. It's just because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. And guess what? God ended up using somebody else. Somebody else got your blessing. Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And we need to make sure that we're paying attention. We need to understand there are blessings out there that God is waiting and willing and ready to give. And God wants to use us. If you're hearing this sermon today, it's because God wants you to be the one that He uses. God wants it to be you that's fighting to keep His Word preserved. God wants it to be you that's doing great exploits for God. He wants it to be you that's being a blessing to other people. God wants you to be the one doing it. But if you don't pay attention, you know what's going to happen? He's going to find somebody else. Because when He returns, there's going to be a group of people that were doing these things for Him. Which group are you going to be in? If I want to be the one that God is using, so I want to try to pay attention. I have no fear. I have no fear that there's certain things that certain things will not get done. I'm not. I'm not afraid that during the tribulation nobody's going to get saved. I'm not afraid of that. I know there's going to be a lot that gets saved, but I do have great fear that we might not be the one the Lord uses. I, I'm not afraid that the Bible is going to just fade into obscurity and there will no longer be a perfect Word of God. I'm, I, I have no fear of that. God promised that He would preserve His Word. I do have a fear that God might quit using the Baptists to be the ones to keep His Word preserved. And because of that, we need to make sure we stay faithful. And folks, we've got to make sure we stay humble. 
We must stay humble. What always gets these nations replaced, they get high-minded. So he said, be not high-minded, but fear. We ought, to be sit, we ought to be sitting here thinking, man, we, we ought to, in, our, in our minds, we ought to understand God is about to use a group in a great way to see more people saved than ever before. And we ought to be sitting here just shaking in our boots thinking that God might pick someone else. That God might use somebody else rather than us. It's going to get done, but I want it to be us. I, we need to make sure we stay clean. Because you know what? God wants to use clean vessels. We need to keep sin out of our life. We need to try to be righteous and holy people to the best of our ability. We ought to be trying to please God. So when it comes time for God to choose a vessel to do great things with, God says, you know what? They're a vessel of honor right there. I'm going to use these people. I want that to be me. There is no guarantee. There is a danger of being replaced. I believe God wants us to make a difference in this in this area, in this town. I don't want God to have to start another church in this town to do great things. I want it to be us. I want to, I want to be us to be the one to make a difference. Say we're being selfish. I think it's okay to be selfish with wanting the rewards of God. You know, covet earnestly the best gifts. It's okay to want those things that God has told us. Hey, you can have these things if you'll do this. I think I think that's okay, and I want them. I want as many as we can. I want to do great things for God, and I hope. That's your desire too. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word, Lord. We thank You for the promises that we see in Your Word, Lord. I'm, I'm thankful to know that Your Word is always going to be preserved, that you're gonna, uh, there is going to be a great revival that's going to come in those last days. Dear God, I pray that it will be us, Lord. I pray that You will continue using the United States of America. I pray You'll continue using the English-speaking people. I pray You'll continue using independent fundamental Baptists Dear Lord, there's no doubt we're, uh, we're on the wrong path right now. And I pray you'll help us to get in the right path. We'll see a great revival so you won't have to go and use another group. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead.